Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in and spending your time with us. Welcome to our brand new podcast series, Crave Arts Presents the Future of Film, featuring intimate interviews with the best student filmmakers from around the world. My name is Tom Oliva, and I am the co-founder and executive director of Crave Arts and the All-American High School Film Festival, the premier destinations for emerging student filmmakers all over the world. Today, I am joined by festival alumni from 2016, Jackson Shipman, Nick LaMarca, Alan Weedman, and Ricardo Campos to dig deep into what drives these emerging filmmakers. Jackson, Nick, Alan, and Ricardo, collectively hot and tedious productions, are the epitome of the power of collaboration, seamlessly blending writing, directing, cinematography, and acting talents to tell stories drenched in a sunny Southern California charm that lures the viewer in through hilarious humor and keeps them engaged with much deeper explorations of the complexities of being human. Their 2016 submission, Noose, exemplifies their ability to balance the duality of life's little mishaps with larger themes, all wrapped in an incredible understanding of the power of the elements of film to create an immersive cinematic experience. It's no wonder they took home the award for best overall film in 2016. Their collective work is a testament to the marriage of words and visuals, direction and performance, all at once a joyous celebration and a contemplative reflection. They represent talent beyond its years, talent destined for the big screen. And it is my distinct pleasure to be joined by them today. So fellas, let's dive right in. Thank you very much. You know, when you're a podcaster, you have to, you know, do your best with these things. Let's go. kick things off right away with where you are right now and what film or media projects you're working on. Um, currently, right now, we're in Long Beach. Um, Al and Ricardo and I all live here and we're going to school. And so currently we're in our living room and we just finished our second feature film with the working title right now, Reception. Yeah, uh, they're editing it. So in the middle of editing right now. Very cool. So uh, you are working on your second feature film. That's pretty impressive in, in itself. And I want to get to that. Um, why don't we, I guess, start then with where you're going to school? Um, right now I'm going to Long Beach State. I live, we live down the street. We live right by the sand now, which is nice. Uh, I'm going to LBCC, uh, Long Beach Community College. I go to uh, Chapman University over in Orange County. I, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> I used to go to Chapman, but I don't go there anymore. All right, cool. Um, so <laughs> I want to I want to talk a little bit about um, why film school, why not film school um, in your case, Nick. Um, you know, that's one of the questions we get asked most often. Um, you know, right now you are talking to thousands of emerging filmmakers all over the country, all over the world, really. And they're all kind of contemplating that question. Um, and so I guess from your experience, why did you decide to enter film school? Uh, what do you see as the benefits of that? And I guess, Jackson, why don't we just start with you? I am, okay. Well, actually, I'm not in film school. I, I, I chose not to do film school. It ended up being really expensive. And kind of the way we always looked at it was like, if, if I had $60,000 to pay for a year of tuition, I would have spent that on a movie and we would have worked all year on it. 
and I would have had a $60,000 budget. So uh, for me right now, I'm going to business school, um, trying to kind of take a different angle at it and make Hot and Tedious a production company. We own the LLC and kind of grow it that way and go to business school and kind of figure out the best way to run it as a whole. Like we, we kind of understand how to make movies. Obviously, we have a long way to go. Like we still need to get better and all that stuff, but that's kind of what we know how to do and what we don't know how to do so much is run the business. Yeah. What we figured out since we, so I'm trying to figure that aspect out right now. So I, I currently don't. Definitely. Know. I second that too, because I think when we were younger, we had all these elements of, we had a cinematographer, we had a director, we had, we had all these elements where we could make our own films. So, you know, it was always a question of, should we do film school? And there's always pros and cons of, because right, I'm, I'm doing business school as well. So, there's pros and cons of that, but um, I think for us, it just worked out that we had all the elements we really needed, and we just needed to sharpen the, the aspect of the business side out. Yeah. So, yeah. Makes a lot and, of sense. Um, I see. So, yeah, I was in film school for two years, and I do like, I think if you can afford it, there's aspects of it that are worth it, especially if you're the type of person that would take advantage of school, which I'm not. I'm like, I'm, very, I'm a very lazy person, so I didn't take advantage of all the resources that I could have, which is part of the reason I dropped out. But then also, like, the best part for me was just me. You get to go to a place where everybody loves movies, and so you just naturally meet people that, like, worked on the movie this summer for us that, like, I just met at school. So I think the best part is the connections you make, but then besides that, like, the degree is completely worthless. So At least in my opinion, <laughs> if you want to make movies, you don't need the degree for it, so it's like... I got it and I got out and it was just way too much money. Yeah, and I think I think there is a lot of benefits for it, like depending on what you're doing. Like, yeah. but for me specifically, like taking like getting a film degree to write scripts that I would be writing after class, I could just have spent that time making the movie. We all kind of just had committed that the movies come first. Yeah, and so if school helps the movie, so for a lot of us, like the schools offer equipment and they help us out. And I think depending on your position, like a lot of people who operate cameras and technical equipment and stuff. That's a great place to go, especially depending on where you're starting. Like, we went to a, a high school with CHSTV, which has oh, won yeah. a million broadcasting awards. We had access to a, a lot of stuff that other kids didn't. So I think a lot, if you don't have access to that, that, that kind of stuff, like, film school is perfect Definitely. for building connections Definitely. and learning, like, the 101s kind of stuff that you have to learn no matter what. We just kind of got lucky yeah, and right. all learned it at a young age. And when we all met, we all... We all have the one-on-ones down. Yeah. We, we were ready to make movies. Yeah, and I think, I think that <clears throat> you're making practical decisions. Um, you're, you're making movies. That's what you want to do. Um, and you're very lucky to be sort of coming up in a time where you're getting that foundation in high school. And I think that is making the decision of film school or not film school challenging for a lot of people. Um, nice shout out to Carlsbad High School there. I still remember... <laughs> Alan interviewing me for that morning program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a special moment. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. It seems like a lifetime ago that the three of us sat down at that Italian restaurant for, uh, for a conversation. I don't yeah, know if you was, remember that. Yeah. Was that two years ago? That was, that was, you know, I want to say two, but it's probably more like three or four. That's, three or four. Wow. Yeah, time. Yeah, because it, right, it was right after the festival, right after. I think. Yeah, time <laughs> flies like that. But... I'm really happy to hear that, you know, you're sort of finding your way with higher education and, and still actively working on making these projects that are so important to you. Um, and I, I think that's the advice that is, is 
being shared most by the emerging filmmakers that I'm interviewing that you have to kind of find your own path and it's different for everyone. Uh, but the, the real key is to stay active in the industry, to keep making movies, to keep finding people to collaborate with. And you guys are lucky in that regard as well, that you found each other really young and you've had this very consistent collaboration. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about these two feature films, um, either one or both. Um, you know, what are they about? What are your plans for them? Um, well, yeah, I guess Guilt Trip was our first feature film, which, uh, when did that get released? That was, uh, that was, uh, that was, we were 19, 19 so yeah. that was 2017? Yeah. Okay, so we released that in 2017. Um, that was we were riding high after winning the festival and we thought we could. <laughs> yeah, we, at this point, we had, we were convinced we were going to make the greatest film of all time, and we got our own together, and that was when we uh, yeah. Ricardo joined on, and uh, he worked on that movie with us, and we shot that for like 35 days straight. Even more, dude. It was, it was, it was, it was like 50 days. Yeah, days. Straight. <laughs> and uh, I think our plans for that right now, it's just kind of sitting in our YouTube channel. It's kind of like a nostalgic yeah. piece of yeah, something it's, that could have been great. So. Uh, we 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 tried really hard on it. We went big. We kind of whipped. We were nineteen. Um, this recent uh, feature film that we just shot is something we've been working on for a long time. I've been. We started writing the script in twenty seventeen after Guild Trip, um, and we had obviously been writing up until we shot it. But we just finished that, and obviously they're gonna finish editing it, and then it goes to sound and color soon. Hopefully, the festival run on it in the rest of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Yeah. It's our hopes. So what is the premise for this film that is tentatively titled Reception? <laughs> so it is about, um, it's about six friends all coming back to their hometown for a weekend to attend a wedding of a couple they used to know in high school. And everyone's kind of done their own thing for a couple of years and everyone's back in town. And this is almost like an early style high school reunion, but forced upon by this. This marriage, yes, I suppose to wedding, and then um, things kind of hit the fan, and hopefully, it's interesting enough to get people going to the festivals. So, yeah. is it informed by um, the same type of uh, duality that I mentioned in the intro, where it's about these sort of hilarious little mishaps and things that happen, but there's a, a, another layer, a deeper layer underneath all of that? I don't think anyone can do it quite like you can. So um, uh, let, let the leak yeah. happen. Yeah, basically all these six are kind of dealing with their own troubles in this ridiculous, it's set on a backdrop of a ridiculous wedding. Basically this wedding is uh, half Catholic or half Catholic wedding, half Jewish mitzvah. And so it's kind of set in this, surreal world which allows us to kind of yeah play with the characters and do a lot of extreme bits which we often like you have six very real characters and they're kind of in this weird circumstance of a wedding you have this like kind of universe around them that's that's interesting to play with so you have your all all these funny scenes but you have all these very serious where they're all kind of dealing with this dynamic of like what home means to them and what they're going to do with their interpersonal relationships and what they're going to keep going and what they're going to stop doing. And they kind of learn a lot in one night, which again, kind of seems to be a theme with our movies. 
Um, I, I cannot wait. I, I think it sounds amazing. Um, I, I certainly hope, and I know you will, because you always do that. You will share it with me, um, maybe a bit earlier than, than others so that I can check it out. Um, so uh, there's a couple things I, I think we should talk about here. Um, one, you mentioned sort of maybe being a little bit overwhelmed or, or out of your league with the first feature film. And I, I think that's fair. And I love what you said about, you were riding the success of the festival and thought that you could do anything because you need that, right? And and I definitely want to talk about your experience at All American, but for now, what did you learn from that first film that helped make this second film better? What's well, the I, difference? I constantly say, I constantly say that that guilt trip. It was an hour and nine minutes. I, I say that that was my film school because it just you learn so much from just making a feature with zero dollars in your pocket. You know, you just, we met every morning, you know, 9 a.m. and we just shot all day. Because I remember, like, we were talking, like, well, what else are we going to do this summer? Let's just, let's just make a movie. Let's just spend literally every single day of the summer making a movie. And it's like, it was, you know, you look back on it and you're like, oh, that was so hard. That was so hard, but also just the best memories from that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that's changed, obviously, for us is, like, one thing I wanted that we we worked on was obviously the script. Like we we learned a lot of things with adolescent script. We thought there was a lot of curse words that were unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of us making a statement. I think after the festival, I think we we came down. We again we thought we could do anything, and then there was a part of me that I thought that I arrogantly in my head was I, we were pigeon held to this. So we we had made a high school movie, and now we're making an adult movie, and it was almost it was a movie made in revolt, which was probably the wrong move. But I think the biggest thing that we changed was. Crew, uh, yeah, we, we we really grew the company. Uh, we realized we couldn't do everything. We made Gil Trip uh, yeah. for fifty days straight with five people. It's us four and our DP Andrew Ferreira. Five people every day. That's it. That was the crew. And so I think the biggest thing was kind of expanding and getting producers and people to to our jobs to kind of change and yeah. become directors of other people and to delegate more than to try because when you're, when you're everything when you're trying to get to location you're talking about story you're talking about the elements and you're trying to stay in this creative bubble and all of a sudden you're like shit i forgot batteries i forgot the lens i forgot you know i forgot lighting you, you just that's the whole part of your other brain that you have yeah to delegate onto some other some other folk that you know help out with that so we needed a crew for the second for, for reception yeah. So you learned a lot yeah. about the the pre production process and pre production for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a lot of just like getting out there and work. But then I guess I guess like strictly movie style. Like I I, I wanted to change my writing, and I, I think again like it was it, it was something about wanting to write new characters. I think we did after Guilt Trip, we had kind of realized we were just writing ourselves, and that was fine. But at a certain point, I I, I was nineteen and I had only done so many interesting things, so. It was time to write about other people, other perspectives, and kind of try to step out. And that was like, it was an, it was another thing with just like wanting to challenge ourselves and kind of leave behind everything we did. Like keep the work ethic and then kind of just change styles again. A maturation, also, you might say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also we worked with like real actors this time. Yeah, we've never done that. Learning how to like collaborate with them because it's obviously different when it's your friends. Yeah. So just like, not like be like, Dive changed completely, but you do have to like alter, like you know. Yeah, like Nick, Nick talking to me on set about so, a scene. It's, it's a lot different. It's a lot. lot <laughs> and and <laughs> for those who are listening who haven't seen Noose or any of your other work, uh, 
the, the the gentlemen we're speaking to here, they they are in the films, they're making the films. Jackson and Allen are, are principal actors in, in just about every project. And I, I would argue phenomenal at that. Um, but at the same time, I, I completely understand what you're saying. But I also think what you what you mentioned before about the the first film after graduating high school being a bit of a revolt. Um, I think that's important advice because I think what happens a lot of times is it's like, well, I'm not a kid anymore. Right. And now I'm going to do this thing. And you have to be careful of not remaining true to yourselves. And I think you can mature as artists um, and, and cast real or professional actors. Cause I think you guys are certainly real actors. I've always loved your presence on screen. Um, but, but I think you can mature, but at the same time, remain true to the kind of, stories that you want to tell. And I think that's a really important lesson. You don't need to just like, you're, you're not really any different just because you've graduated high school. Yeah. That, yeah. I think that was the biggest thing is kind of this one is finding a middle ground. Between yeah. Actors. Cause it's definitely still like coming of age movie. This one, cause it's like, we're still coming of age. Yeah. That's what everyone can't escape it. Yeah. Everybody can't escape of age until we're of age. That was, that was our main art coming off the guilt trip. Um, we were just like, it's okay to be this, you know, we're yeah. still this. And like, we all kind of collectively hit that at the same, at the same point. And we came back and kind of into our comfort zone, like where we could really write. And we just went from there on our, on our second team. Yeah. I think that's a big thing uh, for hot and distance company. Like we just kind of settled with the fact that we are going to be the 21st century millennial perspective of it. Yeah. This is kind of like where we are, our perspective of it. That's it. And we have to just roll with it and trust that's it instead of, trying to swing both ways or swing too hard. Yeah. And maybe eventually we'll get there. Um, I, I absolutely know that you will. Um, I'd like to kind of get, get back to this idea of working with professional actors. Cause I think you can offer some really good insight here. What, what's different. What were those specific challenges? What did you have to do differently working with professionals? That's a good question. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, one, just like scheduling them turned out to be the biggest nightmare. And like, you gotta learn how to value their time because it's like they're coming to do their thing and their thing only. And like, they care about the movie being good, but they really, they want their performance to be good, which is not, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's good that they care so much about it, but it's like, we would waste some people's time because we would ask them to come at 9 a.m. because they were supposed to shoot a scene and then they don't have to shoot till three. And they're like, they're like, what the hell? Like, I could have worked today and stuff. So you had to be more concerned about that. But then just on set, like, I mean, it was my first time, so I was pretty bad at it because I was like, my big thing is like, I don't want to upset you in any way. I don't want to. And then, but then you don't want to tell them that they're awesome all the time because then they're like, that's a worthless thing. At that. <laughs> and that was my big thing. I was like, well, that was amazing. Like, all right. So what do I really have to do now? So it's like, it's like, plus all, every actor is different. Some of them need to be called more than some like, just want the straight, no bullshit, or no BS. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can say that. Um, <laughs> um, and they just, like, you know, so it's just, like, learning how to empathize with people. Also, I think I didn't act until I met them, and then it's not like I act all the time, but, like, it's interesting to act and get, and get like, just the nervousness and, like, the empathy for them, and, and like, just, it's so scary doing it. It's, like, the hardest thing in the world to get yourself in that mindset. So just really respecting them and, and trying to make them feel like they are doing a good job when they are, and, and get them to a place where they are when they're not. I don't know. Yeah, like I, so understanding the power and, and delicacy of constructive criticism. 
Yeah, it's well, and they're kind of their own beast, like from a writing perspective. Like, yeah, they're, just, yeah, they're their own creature. They're just kind of like, like when you have conversations about, like, what, like when I write things, a lot of times, like when I have tweaks on notes, like I don't direct the same way Nick does. I'm like, put a comma there, put a space here to make the joke funny. It's funnier if you go, ah, ah, ah. It's funnier if you say it with three syllables. Mispronounces words, funny. And yeah. they don't think like that. Yeah. So it's, it's a whole other kind of world where you have to speak to them going like, you have to come at it from an emotional perspective because there are these people now. Yeah. And then I think a big thing they were, uh, I think at some point they had grown into these characters so much that they had questions that I didn't have the answer to because they only did. And I, I tried to, and they were like, well, you know, you should have the answer sometimes. And I think the truth of it really was is they had the answer because they had grown this character beyond me. Yeah. And it was something magic. And I wanted to play with it a lot, but I did something that's so organic and happened on set. And I had never seen it before. We had never worked with people outside of ourselves. And so we had created, created these characters in our heads and then they just became them. And we got to know them as these fake people for four weeks and then they vanished almost. So it was, it was a very interesting kind of magical experience. It, that's like real Hollywood stuff right there. Very <laughs> insightful. Um, so maybe this is a good time to talk about sort of your roles. Um, obviously you work together, but I imagine you all sort of do distinct things. Um, Ricardo, why don't we start with you? What is your yeah. principal <laughs> role? <laughs> Well, like in Guild Group, I was audio and lighting and basically whatever. Like I did the petty work. <laughs> whatever they didn't want to do, like they put me on top of a car to light a scene. I was like, I'll do it. I'm like, audio, no one wants to do audio. It's like no. the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and especially with them, they always forget someone's on audio. They're always screaming. <laughs> and you're like, guys, you need to chill out. Like I'm listening to you like on these headphones right now. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, really it's but, uh, The audio is arguably the most important thing on a set oh, really? and it is just so underappreciated and neglected it's so really ricardo i appreciate you man yeah, we all appreciate yeah. it but then like i moved on yeah. in reception in reception i was more like gaffer and second a camera assistant to andrew EP. and he did all the lighting the yeah. lighting is gorgeous yeah, and ricky is a lighting mastermind he made everybody look really pretty it's not even colored yet is there a specific technique that you employ or is that like a trade secret i mean you just gotta look at interviews of like the people you admire like i i watch lots of Roger deacons just like round tables like him explaining stuff also I mean, paul thomas, paul thomas anderson, anderson. <laughs> There'd be times where, like, we're on set, and I'm like, where's Rick? Like, you gotta, like, this scene, and I'll just go in the back room, and he's just watching, like, a scene from the master, and he's just, like, <laughs> memorizing where he thinks the lighting is. He's like, okay, I know what to do. And he just walks out, and he just does it. It looks amazing. That's amazing. Um, for those of you who can't see what I'm seeing, <clears throat> these, these four gentlemen in, in their apartment, there's a uh, tall candle with the with an image of Paul Thomas Anderson on it. There's also a, a large blow-up bed uh, vertical on the wall, uh, some sort of ladder or box, a wheelchair. Uh, I'm curious about the wheelchair, but you know we'll get to that if we have time. Yeah. Um, we also need a shout out for the candle to our producer Charlotte. Yeah, yeah she made us these candles. She also like produced the whole movie, and she's like eighteen. She was still in high school when she did it. So she, so she, so she, yeah, she was a wizard. She's, 
Well, thank you, Charlotte. Uh, I wish you could be here with us. We'll, we'll have to chat again and, and make sure she's here. Um, so, and, and you guys are doing this amazing job of transitioning to like my next talking point without even knowing it, um, which is influences. But we're going to pause on that because I do want to continue um, hearing sort of what each specific person does. And I know obviously it's a blend, but Jackson, what is your sort of primary role with these new films? Um, my primary role is I, I write with scripts. Um, I, I work with Nikki and Alan usually and we kind of buff things out on a whiteboard and then I'll disappear for a while and come back with a draft and then we work on it and Nick will write on it and Nick and I will go back and forth and polish the thing out. And uh, I act usually. Um, after this uh, <laughs> after this latest film, I kind of highlighted the fact that I'm not an actor. So <laughs> I'm kind of looking at my acting skills and hoping to improve a little bit before I retire. Yeah. We're going to make him do one point. And then I retire. Um, but yeah, that's mostly what I do. And then on set, when I'm not acting, I'm kind of mostly working, like looking at the at the shot and looking at the actors and kind of working with them and making sure it sounds right. I know I'm not a big visual person. I'm listening to the jokes. I'm talking. So uh, that's kind of like you're writing uh, from my experience um, with emerging young talent, um, and I have more than most is second to none, and. Um, it absolutely inspires me. I, I really love having a film like Noose as a tool, as a teaching tool to uh, work with others and, and sort of show what the craft can be at the highest level at your age. Um, so much respect. Um, and, and perhaps maybe this, this film, your, your final performance, maybe it'll be about your final performance. Maybe it'll be like a meta film about you retiring from acting. <laughs> it could be, it could be my swan song. Yeah. We'll see. I like that. All right, Nick, your turn. Okay. So like Jackson said, I kind of help in the writing process a little bit. A lot of it. Yeah. And, and Alan's in there too. And, and then, you know, I, I direct, um, so I, like, do all that, I guess. <laughs> to talk to actors is kind of more, like, the thing I'm learning. I Because I, I'm more comfortable behind the camera and, like, filming things. And I've kind of had to learn how to, like, give that up and, and how to let Andy and Rick kind of do it. Um, and I'm just learning how to direct. And then also, like, I like to fill in and do, like, one little acting thing for a thing because it's pretty exciting. <laughs> so I was like, um, Storyboard, Nikki storyboards, everything. Yeah, I well, I usually start and then I get very lazy. I don't. You know, I was just gonna say you yourself described as lazy, but from from what I've seen, it it certainly doesn't translate to what appears on screen. Um, so you you may have a slower process, but I don't know that it's necessarily a lazy one, or either that, or you're just a natural talent because I could. Um, commend you in the same way that I did Jackson. Um, the way that the script and what appears on screen are married is really remarkable. Um, and you guys were doing it at such a young age. And, and then we'll transition with that to Alan, who um, I know is a huge part of the process as well. And, and has always, it, it, you better not retire as an actor because <laughs> you <laughs> infuse this presence on the screen that is so darn natural. Um, it, it's, it, and I know you, so I feel like you are you on the screen in, in a way that is not a bad thing at all. What, what is yeah. your, I mean, I think we already kind of know you're, you're sort of assisting with everything here. Um, yeah. but what's your part of the process? I definitely, I try to help right wherever I can. It's mostly Jackson and Nick and they do a fantastic job of it. 
um on set i love being on set of course and like and acting's been my passion since i was a little kid um but yeah i think i just i've never been classically trained with acting it's just kind of one of those things like <clears throat> i would make movies when i was a young kid and it's just i've done it so much that i guess it comes off as natural you know broadcasting, broadcasting yeah um i remember when we showed when we showed reception to uh to your to the family they they said they're like, Alan, it doesn't even look like you're acting. It just looks like it's you. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll take that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not retiring with that. I'll, I'll keep going. I'll keep going in your honor. <laughs> Good to hear. I, uh, I look forward to what's next there. You just did it again where you kind of prefaced my next talking point, which was support. Um, and I do want to get back to influences, but since you just said it. <laughs> I remember meeting you guys and um, your families being very supportive of you pursuing this passion of yours. Um, have you always had, I mean, you, you, you already said we came from a program where we've received a great education in this, and I know you did, I know the program. Um, and, and certainly any education in this in high school is a valuable thing. Um, did you always have support from your parents and families? Um, I know, is it still continuing as you're struggling artists now or? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we always had it. I mean, like from pretty much the time that I met Alan, like we were trying to make movies first time we hung out we made a movie yeah like we, we were always trying to do it and my my parents were always pretty supportive of it like they, they were always into it. they came to new york us when we went to all american i think from the beginning they were pretty much interested in the fact that we all wanted to do it and i think i i think they were kind of skeptical but once we got one or two movies out i think we settled everybody's nerves a little bit about <clears throat> us doing this on yeah. a permanent basis definitely. yeah Plus, I think they know now that we're not going to stop. So yeah, they kind of, yeah. I think there was a time where they thought one of us would be a doctor or a lawyer. They gave up on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's because we all banded together so early. Yeah. If, if they, if we had all met at 25, it's, it's I could have been somewhere else. But it's the fact that we all met when we were kids, thanks for I'll tell you what, power in numbers. That's a really good strategy. Um, so, and even with the subject matter of some of your films, I mean, I know you're from California and people are more progressive there and, and ideas are more easily accepted that push the limits, but you know, some, a lot of your subject matter that I've seen in, in a variety of films, and I tend to talk about noose because I would say that's the first one anyone should watch, but, um, it, it's, it pushes the boundaries. Um, and, and I don't mean just, you know, young people experimenting with substances or something like that. I mean, like darker, heavier themes that obviously live with inside all of us and certainly you, because I know it's coming from a real place. Do they, does this open up conversations with your families or is it just kind of like, that's their art? Um, <laughs> it was i mean i've been in therapy like my whole life so i think and my mom's a therapist so i think there was like got it. like there was a certain amount of like yeah you know like we know the damage down on this one so we're letting it fall but i think the first time we yeah. showed my mom the movie she watched it in in the basement <laughs> It, it, that's in the movie. Oh yeah. my! That now everyone needs to click on the link when we're finished with this. And that will take on a whole new meaning. Okay. And my, it's a terrible basement. It's a terrifying basement. And my mother watched it in the basement alone because I was sick and I couldn't watch it. I was like, yeah, we I thought was, it was true. We thought it was the worst. We were we were horrified that we had made this movie, and we let my mom watch it, and she was like, she was just. 
I, I, she was just more flabbergasted than anything that we're done with this kind of weird masterpiece that she, like, not masterpiece, this weird ensemble of, like, strange events that she had no idea was really going on. She knew there was a movie being made, but she did not know it was this kind of our attempt at a statement at the time. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of shock more than anything. And then when we got into the festival, I think there was a sigh of relief a little bit. I think it was, I think it was a little tense up until, because there was a time we didn't get, I think on the formal announcement, we weren't announced. We didn't, uh, yeah. we, we weren't in in time. We, yeah, because I think the film came in like really late in the submission yeah, process. We, we were like the last submission. Yeah. Because we were editing right until then. We were trying to fix it. We were so nervous. And yeah, I remember like not getting announced and that thing we didn't get in. And my mom was like, oh, you like, <laughs> it was, it was a little tense for a couple days. Yeah. So what, um, what was that experience um, being an official selection, being nominated, coming to New York um, and being there with your families and then receiving the highest honor, uh, best overall film. And by the way, 2016 was a particularly competitive year. Um, the runners up were all very, very good. Um, what was that experience like and, and how has it impacted you even sort of to this day? I think being young filmmakers, there's not a lot. It's just, it's, there's not a lot you can do because I remember making, making films when I was younger, just being like, this is going to stay on my computer forever, or this is going to stay in my, within my friend group. And I remember having that opportunity to, you know, show our film and go to New York and walk in Times Square and have that whole experience was amazing, especially just graduating high school. Yeah. It was like, it was so, it was so interesting. It was like, you know, it's like getting to taste, like getting to taste all of it, like everything that you want. Like it's, everybody's there and everybody's got their own movie and like everybody's really nice, which was nice. It's nice when people aren't competitive about it. Um, And then also the fact that it's in New York, it's just like, I've never been to New York and New York is like, well, and it was really for us like it was for like for, I mean for me at least it was like fantasy land. Yeah. <laughs> we had we didn't think we were getting in, and to be honest, the we just kept getting better because well because we had thought that we had submitted another movie called Where's Waldo, and that was the one we had thought was gonna we thought that was the one that was gonna <laughs> win best comedy, and that and we didn't get announced for that, and I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh. It was too long. We, yeah, because it was too long. And, I, was, and we, I remember being devastated, and I was like, oh, man. And we kept playing it, and we went. And then, and then we went to the opening night or whatever, just thinking we were going to correct. We were the last ones in, and we, we got nominated for script, and we were like, wow, wow, this yeah. festival's cool. <laughs> we were like, okay, we're into this now. Like, people are okay. And then we were, it was just kind of a whirlwind. We were left alone in this hotel room, and then the next day or whatever it was when we, we had won or when we had played at best of fest when we got to meet everybody it was like this la la land of people who were into the same stuff as you yeah. it's kind of this I, I had never been in a place where anybody had yeah. cared it was, about it, anything. Was the, it was the first time i got to see kids my age in a room full of them all be into the exact same thing i was into yeah. yeah and then we went we were like we're gonna go watch best of fest and watch the best of the movies and then we were in the theater we were on yeah. we were on the thing we didn't really know we were we were in the front row we were the last ones in the theater we had no idea what was going on well yeah too, nick, nick couldn't watch it too nervous yeah no i can't do nick that. wasn't there <laughs> yeah i love i love hearing that because that only shows how invested you are uh in the film and in the story um that it's it means so much to you that you couldn't bear the option 
of it maybe not being well received or or any. <laughs> well, sort of, yeah. I was in a. <laughs> was that a good time? Right? Well, we had played it. We had played it in the. It had got its other screening in the other theater. Like it, it had got a prior screening, and it, the the reaction was not. Yeah, there were like, there were like seven people, and they were like, yeah. everyone was really just uncomfortable, and I was, like, oh no, I, we thought we had done something pretty bad. So it well, was really- it turns out that you didn't do something pretty bad. You did something pretty great, um, and I, you know, I think we we really you you hit two key points of why we started this organization, and that is so that you don't have to only watch the film on your computer, that it, it has another life beyond that. And, and then that, that life not only entertains people, uh, but gets recognized and eventually ends up teaching people um, and to create a community and to let you know that you might be in Long Beach right now, but there's someone in Alabama, there's someone in Michigan, there's someone in Iran, there's someone in South Korea who is very much like-minded um, and you need that, you know, artists need that. I think more than anyone, because what you do, there's, there is no quote unquote script for it. You know, you're just kind of pouring your heart out and knowing that other people are doing that too, and taking those risks and have that belief and desire, I think is, is probably the most important thing that we do. And the thing that I'm most proud of. Um, so it means a lot to, to hear you say that, um, what what about those influences? What what inspires you? But no, let me actually. I'm going to still hold off on that question. Maybe we'll never answer it. Um, why do you do this? Why do you make movies? You started at a young age. You've all said that you you got you found each other early. That's a very lucky blessing. Why do you want to put things on a screen? Ooh, um, good question, Tom. Yeah, man. <laughs> I I think. I think I was like, as a kid, I was always uh, attention hungry. I was always wanting to have a, I was, I was looking, working for a laugh every day. So I think that this is kind of a maturation of that realistically. And that yeah. I, I would like some kind of reaction. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for some approval, clearly. It's, it's really what I think the very group it is. But I, I do it because it's kind of, it's the one thing that I seem to love to do. I, I've tried love other things and i don't love it doing anything really like this and the fact that i get to do it with all my best friends is kind of this insane perfect storm that i kind of have to roll with it just seems sinful for me to deny it in any way because the fact that we all live here we all play different roles we've all known each other since we were kids and we all want the same thing and we're all kind of from different angles attempting to get hot and tedious to the same place it's kind of this magic environment that i'm really lucky to be a part of like i have the best team in the whole world and then we have the best actors in the whole world so it's just kind of i fit in perfect here so it's kind of just it's built around it but there's nothing that i can do yeah there's no leaving now i remember <clears throat> being a kid um and it's just nothing nothing else really made sense it was always making movies it was always making little whether it was serious or comedies it was usually just comedies but i would always have my friends over when i was young like in elementary and middle school Okay, we're going to make a movie. And like, they're like, all right. Like, it just didn't click with them. <laughs> but I would always force my friends to make movies, 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 movies. And then um, I remember meeting Jackson and, and, and Andrew and my friends in middle school. And they're like, yeah, we'll do the same thing. And I was like, what? You know, and like, that's the first, first time. Like, we hung out in eighth grade and made a movie in eighth grade and it just went on from there. And so it's just, 
yeah, like Jackson said, it's the one thing I seem to love to do, and I'm I, we're we're good at it, you know. And so we just got to keep going. That's yeah. true. You do. It's like the one thing I would do 24 hours a day and get up and go do anything and not complain about. Yeah. The like, classic, right? like this doesn't, this isn't work. This is just something. Yeah, it's really yeah. not. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. And, and I think this summer really kind of like made working on this last movie, like it really was a dream come true in that it was, it was work in that like people, people like, I think growing up, like when we were like, we're going to go film this weekend, people were like, oh yeah, you go on school. And like at this point, it was like, we're going to work at 8 a.m. Yeah. Like to be able to go say that and people, kind of respected it at a certain point yeah. it was very nice as well and then also like not to get all um pretentious about it but like <laughs> it's nice when you have all these like useless depressing thoughts in your head that there's no place for them and then like not that not to say jackson and i would have you know done anything if we hadn't made news but like just the fact that you can turn all of your horribly depressing thoughts and like dress them up in all these different characters yeah. and like like you're a magician at some point and you're just like ah these are my problems but you don't know you think it's about you and then and you can just get them out and then like make it something that people might actually enjoy yeah, and, like, and like you don't feel depressed anymore and yeah. it's a good thing somehow and then it, yeah kind of i think yeah i think a big thing is what it does for me is like each movie ends up being like a chapter. Yeah, you can tell it's like there's my life and right news, guilt trip. And so it's solidified yeah. and you can just put it on the shelf and you just go, That's that was that. I it's don't everything feel that anymore. It, it's wrapped up with the credits. Like yeah, it's kind of for me it's like a weird way of moving on. It's a, it's, it's a cheat code. Yeah, it's a cheat code to, to passing on. So this is to, this is all sort of a, a, a form of art therapy. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. What about you, Rick? Uh, it just I makes sense. It's like the only thing that makes sense, to be honest. Yeah. Like when you're filming, like, <laughs> it's just that. There's nothing else. Like you're just living there. Like you can't think about anything else. You're just doing what you love. You're like with all your best friends, which is really nice. And you just create an environment that's just like everyone wants the same goal. And it's just like that's so beautiful. That's true. Yeah. And it, that environment is just, it's, it's a very and, kind. Yeah. And it's an insane environment because everyone is contributing it to it in completely different ways. Like Nick and Rick and a lot of it, they're all seeing things I don't see at all. Like they're watching the movie while we're doing it and I'm not. I'm listening to it. I'm like writing jokes at far. Everyone is experiencing yeah. this world yeah. in a completely different way to build something. And like, it's always interesting to me, like when they finish, I have no idea what the movie's look like. I have no clue. And they've, Nick has known since the moment we talked about it three years ago. Nick has known. Well, sort of. <laughs> Nick kind of thought. more than I you, no yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating, and that and that's the true power of the collaboration, which is you know a huge part of filmmaking. And anyone who's listening to this that doesn't understand that this it takes a village to to really do this. And and look, there are people that can do a lot of the pieces by themselves. Um, but ultimately it, it takes a group effort and you guys are very lucky to have found that. Is there a, a particular challenge you face working together? I mean, this is all like, so like sunshine and flowers. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys fight? Yeah, do we have any dirt? We don't really, the thing is like, it's almost like we're all very jokey. And so sometimes it's hard for us to get serious on set. We can still do it. But then it's also like when you're all jokey all the time, it's like, it's hard to do real criticism because then it comes off as extra harsh. Like, yeah, we still have to find our middle ground, I think. And it also depends on the type of movie you're making. Like, if you're making a comedy, it would make sense to joke around. But, like, 
don't know. Yeah. I think we can get better at Yeah, I think the only, like, I mean, I got tense on set a couple times because I had a short fuse. That's yeah. just, like, I, I he gets hot. Like, he had to wear a jacket all the time and he would get high. So, I get sweaty and I get <laughs> angry so and I get irritable. <laughs> I do. I like, well, like, yeah. Because, like, once saying, like, stuff is, like, going wrong, that's not my fault. I, I do tend to get angry. <laughs> Uh, it's because I don't know how to do anything else, so to me it just seems like plug it in, make it yeah. work. Right. And I I know that's not the reality. But also it's like the nature of the set, like really like it's because like no nobody ever holds anything against each other. I think because we are all just winging it. Also, we're, all aware of that. we're all the same age and experience level, I think, which is part of it. So nobody feels like they're better than anybody else. Yeah, there's no hierarchical thing. Yeah, which is very nice because I know a lot of people our age that have that problem. Yeah, yeah. have that problem with like, oh, like he told me to do this, but I, I had more films or like blah blah blah. Where yeah, now we it's not really like that. I think we're, we're like that offset, but on set <laughs> it's a very I nice think play. When writing the script, we don't we have disagreements, but most of them are passive aggressive. Like Nick and I often like if Nick Nick doesn't like something, he'll take it out of the script and just send it back to me, and I'll put it back in. And, and, and then, <laughs> usually when we make edits, we write in different color or whatever. Yeah, but sometimes we don't change the color. Yeah, sometimes uh, <laughs> we screw with it because we get better about it. Or he'll cut a joke I like. You know, they, there's that kind of stuff. Like, they cut jokes that I wrote in the, yeah. in the new cut of the movie. And it just but it's like when everybody knows it's only for the good of the movie and not for anybody's individual yeah. ego, then yeah. it doesn't really matter. If they can, all they have to do, they just sell it to me. They uh, just need, like, one one reason why. I'm like, it's not funny. That, that's not, I won't do it. I I think, that's not a reason. The jokes are always. I think for me, this after this last film, I think really my biggest learning curve was that everybody sees it differently. I think we touched on that a little bit, but everybody has a different view creatively, and you have to understand that really, yeah. because at certain points you're like, how do you not see? Like I, I'm like, I have this, I have this here, and you don't see it like I see it, and it's just like, oh yeah, no, they they don't see it like that, and it's your job to kind of, you know, make them see it like that, but. Yeah. Everybody has different creative views and different creative outlets and how they view things. I think if you're aware of that, it's half the battle. Yeah, and, and I also, think you, you touched on something. Oh, go, please, Ricardo. Okay. It also doesn't help to be mad on set. Like, it just creates like a bad environment. Like you're going to be with these people like from like 9 a.m. to like 9 p.m. So like if you're mad, like you have to deal with them throughout the whole day. So it's not worth it at all. I it's see like, why you guys have Ricardo around now. He comes like he doesn't say much, but when he does, um, yeah, it's wisest. He's, he's the he's the calm, wise one. Yeah, you know, he slips right in because like I don't ever stop talking. <laughs> and then right when I slow down, he's like he's like, why don't you just chill out? Drop a quote from some philosopher. Oh wow, very nice lesson. So, so making movies for you guys is, is over overall a positive experience. And it, it sounds a lot like a, a family road trip for me where, you know, you're all going to be in the car for like 12 hours together and you can't escape. So you might as well figure out how to get along and like, just everyone like stay in your lane. Um, but at the same time, try to like make everyone else better around you. Um, well, and, and with the size of the movies now, like they're they're taking longer and longer in pre-production. So I think I, I, it's I'm becoming more grateful for the time on set because it really is so short. It's like you spend twelve months working on the movie, and then you spend one month. You spend one month making it, and so it really is this like special time, and it just becomes like I don't really remember anything, honestly. It's just all immortalized in pictures, and it's just on the shelf as this like weird chapter of my life that I just, I know that was back there. And so it's just kind of, I'm trying to learn how to soak it up a little bit more because it is so sparse now that the movie's like, there's so much work now. Like it's, it's, it's literally work for 12 more months until we shoot the next one. 
So we have to just kind of wait it out. It's a, it's a weird little lifestyle. That's for sure. Um, yeah. and <clears throat> I think that's really good advice too, to, to really, um, sort of appreciate the process process and, and really soak it in when you are actually on set. And I yeah. think you guys are very lucky to have found each other. Um, so one last thing that I, I like to ask, uh, what, what advice do you have? You're talking to your younger self. Um, what advice do you have for our community of young filmmakers? Maybe something that you wish you knew then that you know now. Um, challenges that you face. I mean, it's hard because, like, I want to say a bunch of stuff, but the reality of it is, is like, you have to, like, for us, like, yeah, we had. To, I made ten million bad movies until we made yeah. this. Like, I, 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 News was my first movie that didn't suck. Yeah, and like, we got lucky. Like, so I think a lot of it is, is like, it's really don't stop. It's literally make stuff until you drop. Yeah. It's really the reality of it. Like for me, like if you're a writer, like I write every day. I write like two or three pages every day, file it away, whatever it is. That way you can go back and at the very least it's like a tome and you can go back and use it for something else later. I think it's just, I think there were times where I wasn't like fully committed to it. It was like where I thought it was something I could do. I think if you just dive all the way into it and force yourself, like create your, make your brain kind of go through these patterns and treat yourself like a writer, treat yourself like a director or whatever you are every single day, all day in every environment. You start to see everything as a movie. It becomes easier to like envelop yourself in that kind of world. Cause like, I know for a time, like when I got out of high school, it's like this weird in between period where you're like, I'm a student, but I like to make movies, but you don't consider yourself like a director or anything. Cause you just like make videos. And so you're kind of in this weird position where you don't know who you are. So you just write it all the way through until you, are sure enough for yourself to know, like give yourself a title and relax a little bit. I also say for like the young filmmakers, make comedies, make fun comedies because I think nobody wants to see the the sad, which is like horribly hypocritical, but make fun shit. Don't make sad shit. It's just because comedy can, you can use comedy anywhere. You can use it in, you can use it in horror, you can use it this and that, but, um, I think if you really look at news, if it didn't have the comedy elements, it would have been the worst, most uncomfortable movie in the world. It's just that we were making comedies for years before that. Just, you know, we had a camera and we were in middle school and we made this comedy, comedy, comedy. And then all of a sudden we have, you know, this drama that we want to do, but we infuse so much comedy into it to make it feel good. And also comedy is just so fun. Just yeah, that's fun. true. Like you said, it's like, no, like I remember, I think I, I didn't go to them in high school, but I remember Alan going to one of your things when we were in high school. Said, nobody wants to see you dressed up like a gangster and pretending to be. And we were literally writing a gangster. We were writing a gangster movie at, at fifteen, and I was like, "Okay, I'm Joe Pesci, and you're Mr. Orange, and we'll do." And it was the stupidest thing in the whole world. Nobody wants to see that. You have to write where you are. You have to write your thing. That's like I think it goes back to this thing. Like well, this is our perspective. We are the millennial era. This is kind of it. This is where we're looking at. This is kind of what we have to look at. Like yeah, and outside of character and conflict in the actual story, uh, authenticity and believability is the most important thing in a student film. Um, and it's in any film, but student films face particular challenges because of resources. And whenever a film comes through and, you know, we're, we're into the process now, I've already watched over 550 films submitted this year. When one comes through and it's a teenager playing an adult, it just automatically breaks the fourth wall. You lose engagement, no matter how good the writing might be. It's just impossible to get past. And and I so, 
I remember you saying that too. I was at one of the workshops and like what Jackson just said, it was at STN. And I remember you saying exactly that. And we're in the middle of writing a monster <laughs> and being like, Oh, all right. And it just kind of like, you know, broke that wall. So, okay, let's focus on something else. Yeah. Time to pivot. Yeah. And I also think, um, what you're saying about having some fun with the stories that you're telling is a really important lesson. Look, we, we've all been teenagers. We know that it's an emotional time. You know, you tend to sort of everything's so heavy and there's all these pressures and changes happening, but that doesn't mean that you have to always just tell those really dark, really dramatic stories to, to put your voice out there. And, and look, it's fine. And we get excellent films that are like that. But I think what you're saying is, is true. Have some fun with it, you know, be yourselves and breathe a little bit of life into these stories in the way that only a young person can, because that really does resonate on screen. Um, I want Good. to, sorry. Could I say one more thing? Yes. My advice to younger self is, like, we got lucky. Rick convinced me to do broadcasting. I was going to do drama when I was in middle school. And it's like, don't be afraid to make something that's not your own movie or even just a movie. Like, the fact that we were in broadcasting, we had to learn how to do cameras and, like, do stuff on time with, like, a time crunch. And then, like, in the morning, the live show, like, you learn that when the camera's going, you got to be, you like, get, like, the pressure makes diamonds. Like, it also makes it worse because you learn how to procrastinate really well. But then it's like... <laughs> It's it really like don't be afraid to get the tools somewhere else. That's if you can't. I couldn't write anything until I met Jackson. I re I wrote one movie. It was about some guy finding Jay Z's socks, and it was like the most ridiculous, <laughs> horrible thing in the world. So it's like if you don't have, if you only have one thing, like just put. It's so hard to have the self awareness when you're a kid that you're putting in the work for a later thing. But if you can do anything in filmmaking, that even if it's not filmmaking, just do it just to get the tools out of the way and like in your blood when you're a kid. Yeah, and, like, obviously, like, we got beyond lucky, but, like, find your person to bounce yourself off of. Because, like, again, yeah, like, it's hard to do it I, obviously, I wrote all the time before I met Nick, but it was not of screen quality. Neither is most of the stuff I write. But, <laughs> but I think that, like, the biggest thing is just having someone to bounce it off of, just especially in the very beginning, to just go, like, does this make sense? Does, are you hearing this? Is this funny to you? Like, it, to, the fact that, like, Nick would laugh at half my jokes, I could just breathe for a little bit. Because I knew, I was like, Nick is smart enough. This is funny. I can let it ride and I can trust myself. Because you know that Nick is thinking the same thing. So I think the biggest thing is like, I don't know exactly how to network that and find it. Like, I didn't meet Nick until we were 18. But I think the biggest thing is just find people who are, are doing the same thing. Kind of network your stuff out. I think it's so important. That's really good advice. Um, even something as simple as, you know, writing the script and having a table read with either the actors who are going to be in it or just friends. You have to have this stuff breathe in order to know what it's actually going to be like when it's in someone's mouth, you know, and then ultimately on a screen. Very good advice. Um, oh, we got to let Rick talk. Sorry. I'm just like, the advice I would give is just like, you're going to fail. Like things are going to go wrong. Like there's, but like, don't be afraid of that. Like things are just going to go so wrong all the time. Like while you're filming, like the script, it's all going to go wrong. But like, just push through it. And like, it works out. Like that for some reason, yeah, like, it, for some reason, it, it just always, always works out. It, like, it's always come out. like, just come you out just of it. Fighting. Yeah. yeah. The movie never doesn't come <laughs> every single time it's done. Yeah. Filmmakers as fighters. Very good <laughs> advice. Um, so I'd, I'd like to just add one final question. Um, 
and, and there's four of you. So to, we, I've been trying to keep these uh, interviews down to like 30 minutes. And, and obviously with more voices, it takes more time. Um, so I, I appreciate all of your perspectives. What's next? What's the what's the the next goal? Is it just to to get this feature out there, hit the festival circuit for the first time in like a real way? Yeah, I, I mean that is the goal, but obviously we do not sit there. There's a couple of projects like brewing now, so we have a, a buddy comedy we hope to shoot um, in 2021, and it's a feature. Um, we're also going to move to LA, so that should be interesting. You know, moving to LA next year. Um, hot tedious going. Hot Los tedious Angeles. to LA. It'll be hot and tedious. <laughs> it's pretty much brutal. a perfect description, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, making movies in LA. It's hot and tedious. Um, yeah, we just had developing stuff, or you know. Yeah, we have like a couple show ideas, a couple, a couple short ideas as well, and then obviously the next buddy comedy feature, which we plan on doing for the next couple of years, depending on funding and all that kind of stuff. But right now, 2020 is the year of our wedding movie. Well, I absolutely cannot wait to see it. Um, it it's been a, an awesome pleasure kind of catching up with all of you again. Um, I feel like whenever I have these conversations, I just want to keep talking forever. I want to just like come to Long Beach and just like hang out. Um, and and I, I hope that I will get that chance. Um, in the meantime, you know, this is a, a, a solid substitute for that. And Whenever I get to talk to you guys, I just I find myself incredibly inspired about the future of film, um, and I wish you genuinely all the best. I, I think you're you're so talented and so lucky to have found each other um, that it, it can only produce quality fruit in the long run. Um, and I I look forward to being a part of it and maintaining my relationship with you. And I hope that you will continue to kind of give back to the next generation um, in this way and hopefully others. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate it, Tom. Yeah. 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 Really yeah. Great. <laughs> Got to do my little outro now. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. And thank you, Hot and Tedious Productions, for an insightful glimpse into your experiences and motivations as storytellers. I encourage all of you to check out their work. Links are in the description below and remind you that this is just one of many in-depth conversations with the future of film. Go to hsfilmfest.com for more information on the All-American High School Film Festival and please subscribe and share across all platforms to support our important community of artists. See you next time.